first of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. <laughs> First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call them out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. What's going on YouTube? Nathan back with another video presentation. I do apologize. I had some technical difficulties setting up uh, the the banners here. Hope you're all doing well. Yo, Jammer, what's good, bro? Good to see you. Um, just real quick, I just got to fix this one banner. I don't know why it's messing up. But um, welcome to episode nine of the podcast. Hope everybody had a great week. Hope everybody's staying safe. Um, bring into the video, there's a few things I need to say up front. Um, so in this episode today, we're going to go over a couple things. Um, week three for football, and we were already week three into the NFL season. Time is going by fast. Uh, September is over next week. Um, we got six seven games left of baseball um nba basketball is almost around the corner college basketball starting up in a little bit um, let me try to get into college football a little bit more uh, as baseball uh we're kind of starting to wind down but i know it's going to be kind of intense because the playoffs are not going to go consistently for, for baseball uh, we're already finished the first round of the, of the WNBA playoffs. 
I'm going to talk about that tonight. I'm going to talk about the awards. Um, did they get that right? Uh, also, too, I got to talk about the Carolina versus the Panthers versus the Houston Texans. I was not, It was nothing fantastic. Let's let's just let's just leave it at that. Um, I'm also going to talk about preview for the Baltimore Ravens versus the Detroit Lions and the Washington Football Team preview uh, things that we got to work on. Um, Orioles they won tonight against the Texas Rangers and Nationals. We lost tonight against the Cincinnati Reds. Um, so it's going to be kind of a smooth and kind of a, not a fast, but smooth podcast we're going to get through tonight. But uh, let's start off with the week three schedule. So we got a couple of good uh, good teams here. Um, we got the Colts versus the Titans, Falcons versus the Giants, Chargers versus the Chiefs, the Bengals versus Pittsburgh, Bears versus those the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, the Ravens play the Lions. The New Orleans Saints versus the New England Patriots. The Arizona Cardinals, excuse me, versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Washington football team versus the uh, Buffalo. New York Jets versus the Denver Broncos. The Miami Dolphins uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Seahawks versus the Minnesota Vikings. Tampa Bay versus the Los Angeles Rams. That's going to be game of the week, in my opinion. Um, and then we got the Green Bay Packers versus the 49ers Sunday night. And then we got the Monday Night Football game. It's a divisional game. The Eagles versus the Cowboys. So I think it's going to be a good week. A good week for sure. Um, I do expect the New Orleans Saints to do have a bounce back game after that performance last week. Um the Miami Dolphins, I do expect them to play a little better. Tula's not going to play because of his rib injuries. He might be out a little bit longer. Uh, I I see the New York Giants beating the Atlanta Falcons because the Falcons, they got shellac against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, but it's Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Now, this Colts versus Titans game, should be a good one. I feel bad for the quarterback they had in there. I can't give his name. Um, he was just thrown into the fire after Carlson, Carlson Wentz went down with that injury. Um, the Bears versus the Browns, that should be a good matchup for sure to see. Um, the Bengals versus the Steelers. That actually could be an interesting game to watch for sure. Um, what else am I looking at? The, the Denver Broncos. I believe Zach Wilson have a, will, will have a bounce back game uh, against Teddy Bridgewater, but Teddy Bridgewater just has to be Teddy, and I think the Broncos would be okay. But my game, but my big, the big games obviously is Tampa Bay versus Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Rams, excuse me, and then the Green Bay Packers versus the, the San Francisco 49ers. So, um, great week three schedule. Great week three schedule. I cannot wait. Um, but I want to transition into the Ravens versus the Lions. Um, a couple of things that are already kind of some red flags for Baltimore. 
Uh, we have some guys that are not, that may are on the restrictive COVID list. Uh, and then on top of that, some guys may not also play as well. Um, so Jalen Ferguson, Brandon Williams, Justin, Matt Duque, and Justin Houston, all on the COVID, reserve COVID-19 list. Jalen Ferguson tested positive for the virus today, as of today. Um, unfortunately, we don't know. Hold that band. No. Mm -mm. Once again, like... <laughs> I, 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 this is that. That's just ignorant, people. Like this podcast is not for that. So you take it's like y'all take away from this is not. I'm just gonna get banned. I have no patience for it. Exactly. It's uncalled for. That's not. That's not right. That's not cool. Not cool at all. Um, or was I? One second, as I pull up the the list. Excuse me, I apologize. Um, so that's happened. Uh, so we only have three healthy linebackers: uh, Adafi Oway, Tyus Boiser, and then Kalis Campbell, Justin Ellis, and Broderick Washington. Derek Wilson not going to play, and Pernell McPhee and Dylan Hayes are questionable. Um, the only guys I can think that are left on the practice squad. It's Chris Smith and Khalid McKenzie. Uh, Ronnie Stanley's not going to play Sunday, and Lamar Jackson's questionable. So, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, not really, not really comfortable with. Going into the again after just a, after to me a, a big win Sunday. Now you're down four guys to COVID, and on top of that, you got a boatload of injuries. So if you're the Lions, you're going to take, you're going to take advantage of that. But um, you know, uh, last time. The Ravens have rushed for at least 200 yards since Lamar Jackson became the quarterback, starting quarterback in 2018. Uh, we tallied 251 yards against Kansas City. And we're now, fun fact, and this, this is my notes here, we're 29-3 in the Harborough era when we post 200 yards or more. Um, we're averaging 31.5 points per game. That's fourth best. And we're ranked number one with rushing um, 
we're going to have to keep the Lions balanced with the mix of plays. Um, now, the only issue is, is that Lamar may not play. And we see what Lamar, can, Lamar Jackson can do as a complete football player. Um, arm with his running out with his arm, his arms and legs. The Detroit Lions have allowed 382 yards, and that's they're technically they're second to dead last in allowing 38 points. Uh, we're gonna have to we can we can try to exploit that weakness. Um, the defense from uh, for, for for the Ravens, I'm a little concerned uh, because we allowed now 400 yards, 448 yards. And 34 points. Jared Goff has thrown for 584 yards with five touchdowns and two picks. Now his best two targets are TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. Um, Jared Goff is not a mobile quarterback. Uh, again, our run defense has been really strong so far these first two games. We only allowed just seven, 70, 72 yards, excuse me. Um, and, and again, Jamal Williams, he's averaging 79 yards the first two games because I think that the defenses he's gone up against are very unmatched. So, I mean, when I'm looking at the Ravens have, adapt, have adapted to the injuries. And again, we're coming off a big win, but I'm not comfortable with the fact that we've now, we're down four key defensive players due to uh, one testing positive for COVID. And, um, that that puts a damper on things. And again, I, I just send my thoughts and prayers to Jalen Ferguson. I hope he's doing well and you know different things like that. But this these are these are the kind of things this was this is not just with the Ravens, but across the NFL. This was my fear. As the season progressed, things like that this occur. So I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I'm confident. I just don't know if Lamar's gonna play. Um Twenty-eight seventeen. Final score. Um, Washington football team. Let me give a quick shout out to Sean Spencer and the crew for uh, allowing me to be on their show the other night. I apologize if I couldn't stay on, but um, it was a great, great, great show. Um, I liked it. Um, we talked about the recap from the Watt from the against the ugly win for, against the Giants. Um, I didn't get in. I didn't get an opportunity to talk about the the keys to winning the game against Buffalo, to be to beating Buffalo, and um, I feel like this is a good opportunity to do that now. So when I look at Washington, a couple of things I've touched on in the last couple of videos. They lack continuity, their defense. Um, we did not blitz as much as Mr. Moore support, shout out to Anton, said. Um, 
we have to be better at running the football. The fact that we did not run the ball at all in the second half of that game and relied on Tyler Heineke's Tyler Taylor Heineke, excuse me. I don't know why I say Tyler. I apologize. Taylor Heineke arms when it's that game. That's ridiculous. That should not happen. Um, when I look at that last that that possession where New York had an opportunity to score, there's two minutes on the clock. Why are you throwing the football? And on top of it, you threw an interception. That's what made it worse. You know, the one thing I'm going to look for in this matchup, okay, Scott Turner who come off an excellent game where <laughs> I feel like the rhythm for the offense was good. Terry McLaurin definitely had one of had one of his best games. But Leslie Frazier is to be respected. Um His players, the defense did exceptionally well against Miami, even though they, there was some struggles against Pittsburgh. But here's the thing. Pittsburgh only combined had 252 yards. Buffalo last week against Miami, damn near looked like the second, looked like the, looked like no flaws. They forced three turnovers, sacks, six sacks, and about 216 yards. But the biggest issue with the with the Buffalo Bills was offensively, they missed opportunities to win that game. And that's one thing I'm looking for in against Buffalo. So I'm looking to see how Scott Turner and Leslie Frazier battle this thing out. Because again, there's a couple of things I want you to point out. There's, there's a clip. There's a, a moment in that first quarter against Miami where Leslie Frazier he shows he showed seven, sent five. Those are things Scott Turner should see. Those are things Taylor should see. But the thing is, how are we going? I, I want to see how Scott Turner is going to utilize his playmakers against that style of defense. Okay. He has to find a way to get McLaurin and maybe Dom, Dommy Brown to go up against, to, to, to attack. Now, I also to suggest, too, that he go up, run, run the ball a little bit. Because they're ranked seventh, but it was they, 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 Pittsburgh and Miami definitely didn't run the ball enough. Okay, um, 
Donnie Brown versus Tredavious White. That should be an interesting matchup. I want to see that. Um, I mean, don't get me, Tredavious White's a good corner, but the biggest thing is, is that this is an opportunity for Donnie Brown because he definitely has struggled. He's had that struggle. He's had some issues in pass and man, press man coverage against the Chargers that first weekend. Those are the things I'm looking to see how he can fix. Washington's offensive line, no, Washington's defensive line versus Buffalo's offensive line. Now, if you think about it, Washington has to get to the ball, has to get to Josh Allen. That's the key. That's the fact that that that's the key to winning the battle on defense is getting to Josh Allen, getting pressure on the ball. The only thing my concern is Josh Allen is really good against the blitz. Washington has to figure out what they're going to do to contain him in that pocket because he's a good pocket passer. So I'm really curious to see how that defensive line is going to look Sunday against an offensive line. Okay, but I'm going to go with – it's going to be a good game. I'm going to go along the lines of 30-27 Washington. Okay. Now, there's no really um, injuries to really say. Matt, Matt Loyanitis is questionable. Antonio Gibson is going to play with his shoulder. Um, Micah Hyde is going to play with a neck injury. Gabriel Davis, ankle. Start Lake with a groin injury. And F. Oda with a calf injury. Uh, those guys are going to play. So, should be interesting, but uh, that's really the injury report going into this week again for the Washington football team. A um, couple other things around the injury, around the NFL with injuries. Uh, I know DeAndre Hopkins said he may play, um, but he didn't practice. He hasn't practiced all, all week, according to what I read on ESPN. AJ, AJ Terrell's in uh, concussion protocol. Hope he's doing well. Send the thoughts and prayers. Um, Russell Gage Jr., ankle, uh, Marquise Brown, he's questionable. Um, you know, he had 113 yards against Kansas City. He's been dealing with a, he's been dealing with an ankle injury. Um, Levi Wallace, knee injury. Andy Dalton is not playing Sunday because uh, when he Stepped out of bounds. His left knee kind of jerked, and I really hope it's not an ACL. And it doesn't seem like it's an ACL tear, thank God. But um, T. Higgins is doubtful against Pittsburgh's shoulder. Amari Cooper may play because um, he was down for a minute against the Chargers. He caught a pass and got hit in the wrist pretty pretty good. But um, they say he may play. 
Uh, Tyrell Williams is in concussion protocol, so he's not going to play against us. Tim Patrick for the Broncos is not going to play injury. Um, he said that they say he's likely to play, excuse me. Uh, Cortland Sutherland's was also limited to practice as well. Elginton Jenkins, ankle injury. Um, if they if he can't play, they're down to their third option as an offensive line. So, because um, David Bacartery is out, he's on the perform the physical and able to perform list. He got ACL surgery in January, and then I can't think of the the other guy. Um, yeah, no, Jenkins, that same guy. Jenkins, he suffered an injury against the Lions, but he did finish the game. So um, Carlson Wentz, how, I don't know how you injured both your ankles is beyond me. Um, I, I will say this. The most alarming thing I looked at, how they look at the stats. He's been sacked six times and hit an additional 21. And two only, and it's only two games in the NFL season. Um, I really, really am beginning to have concerns about Carlson Wentz because he just looks. There's just no. There's just no reason a quarterback should get that hit that many times in only two games. Um. So they have Jacob Pearson. That was the quarterback that was um, against Philly. Um, Oh my gosh, that started last week. And then Brent Hudley. So Josh Jacobs may not play. Joey Bosa, Justin Jones, Chris Harris, Darrell Henderson Jr. Tula has fractured ribs. Delva Cook has an ankle injury. Damon Harris, Eric McCoy, Evan Ingram, Jamison Crowder. A lot of injuries. And we're only in um, week three. Week three. But. Um, Real quick, I want to just talk about some some other NFL news. Josh Gordon is being reinstated by the NFL. Could play as early as week four. According to an article I read on ESPN, um, last time we saw Josh Gordon was in December 2019. Uh, he violated the league's policies of, against performing enhancing drugs. Um, that was his sixth suspension. And since the 2013 season, he's for some form of a substance abuse. Um, I think I, I, mean, I want to say he's 30. Uh, I, I just feel like Let me, I, I, I don't want to step on the soapbox, but this is how I feel. Josh Gordon is a talent at was one point. You know, when he was at Baylor, he had coaches that I feel like really should not have been coaches. They should have put a stop to this, this, this substance abuse the moment that they noticed it, but they practically advocate for him to do it while in college. How many chances do you give a person 
until you say as a league or as whoever and said enough's enough. I think Josh Gordon is a great I, – I, I respect the fact that he's getting the help that he needs. My issue is I'm just – I just have a feeling in the back of my – in the back of my neck, back of my head, he's going to get suspended again. And a lot of it, again, I have to say I'm questioning that as an environment, circle. I don't know who it is. But the fact that I don't know. I don't know about that one. I, I we'll just see. We'll just see. Um, the Saints, three coaches are in COVID protocol. Um their tight end coach, defensive line coach, line coaches, excuse me, because they all tested positive for COVID. Um like again, this this is my fear going into the season. Uh, again, everybody has their stance on it. I'm not telling people what to do. I'm not. I just encourage people to stay safe, do the research, and different things like that. Because I'm I got another topic. It's gonna be in basketball, and this is this this is this is this is what's bought. This is this is exactly my fear because it just seems like. Again, we're, we're going down coaches and now players. Um, and, and, I, and, and I don't like that. So, I mean, I hope, I hope those guys are well. I hope they're, you know, you know, the symptoms aren't as, you know, severe. And I pray they get, I pray they get well quick and um, get well soon. I do. Prayers are up for them. But I want to I, I talk about Aaron Rodgers for a little bit because there, there were some comments that Aaron Rodgers made uh, after his performance against the Saints. And let me just pull the clip up. See, I, I can show you. Let me find, I'm trying to find the video because there were some things that he said that I that I won't say that bothered me, but this is Where's that video? Because the things that he said in that video, I think were really, really good. Okay, hold on. Wait a minute. Let me do this one. Work ethic.
all right, I can't find the video, but there is an article where, you know, people we would so I, I again, like I said, I, mean, I apologize if I'm if it's a huge pause. I, I'm trying to I'm really trying to find that video where uh, you know they're talking he's talking, they're talking about his work ethic. Okay, I think I found it. Hold on. Now, here is the video. This is on the Max Kellerman interview uh, with Jeremiah, Jeremiah Finley. And Jeremiah has some things to say. He definitely has some things to say. So let's take a listen. Michael. I think a lot of people who hear you and Greg Jennings talking about um, Aaron Rodgers feel like, man, they're hating, you know? And and I imagine that you have your own truth about, as the kids say, right, about, like, what the relationship is, and you gave him credit for balling, and but but you're saying, look, this is just the three-dimensional view of the guy. What would you say to fans who hear you talking about him now and have the suspicion, man, Jermichael Finley – just has an axe to grind with this guy and he's waiting to like criticize. Well, how would you how would you respond to fans who think that listening to you? No, I'm glad I'm glad you asked that question. But once again, man, I, I got I got my paper, I got my bread, I got my money. Um, I'm totally fine over here. My thing is is that um the, the guy just is is just I'm not a hater. I'm just I'm looking out actually. I just want the guys to do their best and play Cocker football, and uh, once again, brother-in-law, and it doesn't do it. And I think Love is going to be ready for the job here pretty soon. So, um, can't can't wait to see the youngster play. Love is going to be ready for the job, but Rogers, like to be fair to Aaron Rodgers, just came off arguably his best season. They were in the NFC Championship game. He threw forty touchdowns. It's like negative ten interceptions, whatever it was. You think he fell off that quickly? No, that's the National Football League. Uh, each offseason, you got to work like it's the last season. And I just don't see a work ethic in Aaron Rodgers that I have in previous years. And uh, wow. actually, you can see it right through his, his helmet. The eyes and the face tell, tells everything of the personality. And uh, I just don't see it, uh, that, that, that NFL hunger and, and just feel hungry to go win another championship. I just think it's cliche and talk. Um, that that guys get up there and say, "Oh, I want to win a championship." I mean, it sounds good, but I want to see what you do on the field. Aaron Rodgers has obviously been to talk about what went on in New Orleans. What about the defensive side of the ball, Jermichael? Uh, defensive side of the ball did not live up to the new expectations of defensive coordinator Joe Barry. Where do they go from here on the defensive side? The defensive side, man, I, I just don't think they had enough pressure on the quarterback. And I, I think, uh, I'm going to tell you, they need to sit King down. Uh, cornerback Kevin King, got he, he's got to go. Um, he screwed them guys over at the end of the season last year. And his, his percentage of guys catching the ball on him is, are they very, very high. And I think they need to go with the little rookie they, they got in the first round this year. Okay, they, they pick on him. They do. 
Yeah, yeah they, they pick. They pick on. So if you, like I said, Keyshawn, if you know you got a weak link in front of you, you shoot want him to the duck. You got to hey Jamar. Yeah, he's a, you he's know, a duck. He, he's, he's a duck. duck. So you got to shoot him down. Quarterback saying, "Get, give me the ball." So given what you said now about Rodgers and the Packers, but also given the fact that the the entire division just lost, right? What do you think right. about the North this season? Is there someone there to unseat them? Uh, I, I don't. I think uh, the NFC North is, man, I think it's soft as CVS cotton right now. Uh, it's, it's, it's up in the air. You, you don't know who's going to win a division. You got the Packers. You got the Lions looking very weak. Um, you got the Bears, and want, which they need to start fields. Um, so that, that division is all over the dang on play. So uh, we got to see what this week two, week three, talking about and see what these guys want to do. Jermichael Finley, former Packers tight end, Super Bowl champion. Uh, at Interesting. Okay. So this was the, these are comments after uh, they lost. Against the New Orleans Saints, obviously you saw the score. If you see it, thirty-eight to three. Um, I have nothing against Jeremiah, Jeremiah Finley. I, I don't. Jeremiah Finley, excuse me. Um, last time I remember him being relevant was. Um, Two thousand twelve. You know, it. it I, I. I. I don't. And, and again, I've told you guys this in, in numerous video and video after video after video. The media controls and spins the narrative. Everybody, listen. Aaron Rodgers has to take some type of blame for this. He knew. Because the way the offseason was, the way he handled the offseason was, 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 was piss poor. Listen, I understand that you needed some help. I understand that. But I'm looking at your talent. I, and again, just stay with me. Because remember, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use this basketball player as an example. When LeBron James was in Cleveland, and they were struggling, and LeBron publicly makes comments um, about the talent the guys that they had. Mind you, when they just came off that championship, Tristan he this was I, he said it. LeBron said it, not me. Tristan Thompson has to be taken care of. Kevin Love has to be taken care of. J.R. Smith. They had a lot of money locked into a lot of these guys staying. They didn't have a lot of money to make moves. What I'm saying is, I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers. You got a Devontae Adams. You got Aaron Jones. Adam Lazard. The, the tight end, I can't, I can't think, uh, Rungan. Um, Badass Scantlin. You can make those guys better. You got Randall Cobb. But the thing is, we, not, we didn't hold Aaron Rodgers accountable. They were just in the NFC Championship, and they wet the bed collectively. We don't hold, and, 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 and there's another player, another another athlete I'm going to get into later in this video, later in this podcast. 
We don't hold these guys accountable. What we do is we make excuses and so look at the bigger picture. Aaron Rodgers, you have help. What more did you need? And you came out and you 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 wet the bed. Now his response to the interview says, "Quote: It's absolute BS to give people a platform who have no idea what they're talking about as far as my mental state and my focus, my work habits, and people who are not in my life. I have not had communications with them, not in the locker room. That's just BS." It's ridiculous that people can get a platform to do this. Now, he goes on to say, quote, I'm always, I'm always going to give a reminder. Let's do the source of some of those things. It's often the same people. I'm the same tired rhetoric. I just was surprised after week one that there's such a story out there. What was crazy to me is to let one to let one storyline by a person who has no contact with me, zero relationship, become sort of a narrative out there, and that now somehow I don't care about the ball because my Zen attitude during the offseason. That's BS. I was talking about Monday night. The truth and the fact should not be replaced by a conjunction, ill-fetched conjuncture, when it is I'm thankful for this opportunity, my press conferences to be able to say, hey, look, just think about who's saying this. Now when he said, Jerry Michael Finley, it's the National Football League. Each season, you, you got to work like it's your last. I just don't see a worth at work ethic in Aaron Rodgers that I have in previous years. What do you mean you don't see a work ethic? So wait, 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 hold on. Time out. The, the, the guy just won MVP last year. Okay. Yes, unfortunately, they wet the bed against Tampa Bay. I'm aware of that. I get it. But uh, again, see, this is what this is what I've been trying to tell people, and, and people just look at me like I, like they they don't they look at me like I'm crazy, or I, I don't know what I'm talking about. When you are a top player, basketball, football, baseball. It does not matter. It doesn't. Athletes, they're going to get all the praise, all the criticism, etc. Aaron Rodgers has to understand, you came out and you played out piss poor. Your body language, when you said it's just one game, People look at that and people are going to find, people are going to take that and can create a narrative and go, well, you come out the first week of the season and you just don't care that you got embarrassed. You lost by 35 points. He wasn't talking about people criticizing his game week one. We knew that they were, as a collective unit, terrible. He's talking about people saying that he doesn't care. That's what he's pointing at. Or that he's talking about let's you know this well let's just give up on the season he doesn't have the same work ethic and teammates aren't doing it they don't like him here and there x x y and z again i, I i've said this about mar jackson and, and, and people can disagree with me about this the media always with aaron Rodgers judge his character without really knowing him 
Like, for example, like we're getting like to the point that they were getting really personal about how he doesn't get along with his family or he doesn't get along with other people. Like, that's none of your damn business. Like, then it was funny, y'all, and everyone's kind of sitting back and going, wow, okay. You didn't think Aaron Rodgers was going to respond to this, this kind of stuff? Their response was at Jerry Michael Finley. But again, I told you, there are, when, the, when you criticize guys, you criticize it was between those lines. When we talk about criticizing Aaron Rodgers on a personal, because this is what they've done with Aaron Rodgers, and I told you this. I, I've said, I just said it, and to me, I think that's a, that's personal. When you look at an athlete, you criticize and you hold him to a certain standard, just like people hold Lamar Jackson to a certain standard. Aaron Rodgers, listen, you did not have a great game one. We understand that. But it wasn't – I don't question – I will never question anybody's work ethic. I will never do that. The thing is – The media today is an absolute joke. And that's coming from a mass communications major. The climate in journalism today, I hate to use this word, is toxic. Because these, these TV personalities, all these talk shows, they think they know every damn thing about sports. Because when we talk about somebody's character, again, like for example, right? Jeremiah, Jeremiah Finley talked about Aaron Rodgers' work ethic. Stephen A., for example, for years, Hopkins was just all on Kwame Brown's ass about this, this, and that. When you criticize a guy, hey, you know what? You didn't play well in this game. For example, um, I have been religiously. If you watch my pod, watch my videos with the, with the mystics, I have been religiously criticizing them about consistency. Never personal. Lamar Jackson, never personal. It's stuff that have, each individual has to, get, has to get better at. But I, to, to really go to a guy that hasn't played in the NFL for God knows how many years now, doesn't really have, he has credibility but he's coming at it with a biased look. He's looking at a game one and going, wow, Aaron Rodgers just, just doesn't care about football. He doesn't have a work ethic. Really? Again, my, my, my intro. First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these you, young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. 
it's okay to criticize, but never to the point where we're questioning a guy's work ethic. If he's playing like trash or she's playing like trash or they're playing like trash, yeah, that's going to get called out. But to really sit there and say Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a work ethic, that's very ignorant of Jeremiah Michael Finley. And I love the fact that Aaron Rodgers stood up for himself. But, again, not just Jeremiah Michael Finley. They're, they're journalists, sports that obviously try to create narratives, false narratives about anybody just to make their brand look good. Obviously, Jeremiah Michael Finley said it because it makes him look good. But behind closed doors, I guarantee you, someone said, yo, you, you smoking something. Okay, let me let me get off that. Gotta talk about the Orioles. Um, couple things. The Orioles are gonna retain Brandon Hyde as the manager uh, for next year. Uh, after next year. Uh, um, since he's taken the the, the helm, uh, it's been three years. He's 127 and 246. Uh, I definitely don't think it's fair to judge him on wins and losses. But when I look at the front office, again, I have said this religiously. Uh, Lord knows how many times I've said it. You don't hold these front offices, these owners to account. You don't hold them accountable. But, you know, they haven't put much of it. They haven't put a product out there. Um you know, again, <coughs> I thought it was, um, excuse me, thought it was ignorant for Dan Duquette uh, the last few months of that season in 2018 to just finally say, oh, we're going to just abandon ship. You're going to trade Manny Machado, Zach Britton, uh, and then Dan Duquette was fired after that, and Buck Showalter. Um, now, Mike Elias, I think it's a good replacement for him. I do. Because I see what he's trying to do. Now, just I want to point out some of the moves here that have happened under Mike Elias' watch. You know, Dylan Bundy, Michael Gibbons, Alex Cobb has been traded. Uh, Freddie Galvez, Jose Iglesias, Nick Kearns, Mikel Franco, uh, Matt Harvey, Wade LeBlanc. Tommy Malone, Flip Hernandez. Uh, Glazes and Galvez are traded before the contracts obviously were given up. Um, and the Franco and Nate Kern signings didn't pan out at all. Cedric Mullins, congratulations on getting to the 30-30 club tonight uh, against the, the Texas Rangers. He's definitely a part, a, a part of this, the, this quarter of this franchise. He, he's a piece to build around. Austin Hayes definitely had a productive August. And I like what he's doing in September. Ryan Matt has the most home runs as a rookie. Now with 30 home runs of the year so far. Um, John Means, even though injuries, he, to me, he feel like I, I feel like he's the number one pitcher in our rotation. Um, I just really can't – I can't wait to see what next year looks like when we have guys like Adley Rutchinson and Grayson Rodriguez. Um, but going after that, 
there's a couple of things I got. There's a couple of things I need to know. What are you going to do if you're Michael Elias in that front office to get Mike some help? When I'm talking help, I'm not talking getting marquee free agent. I'm talking about getting veterans placeholders, consistency of placeholders. Because some of the guys that we've brought in just left and right have just, 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 just been embarrassing. It's, it's, it's just been horrible. Um, tonight we won against the Texas Rangers. Three nothing. Um, I, I didn't forget to talk about the Panthers in Texas. I'll, I'll save that before I talk about the WNBA. Um, as I stated, Cedric Mullins joined the Thirty Thirty Club. Um, he's the first Oriole. Never seen, uh, you know. Again, I, I, I would like to see that in the midst of a, of a winning season, but. He's the first Oriole to ever do that. Um, no, he reached 30 stolen bases last week against Boston, and he hadn't had a home run up for like two weeks up until like, up until tonight. Um, you know, Cedric Mullins. Like, I I can't stress enough the year that he's having. Um, He's definitely, definitely a, a rebuilding piece. Um, the only thing is, you know, you know, unfortunately we lost tonight eight to five. Um, you know, the, the night before they got shut out by Zach Lother. Great game. That's 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 probably one of the best. Games I've seen from Zach Lowe this season. Uh, I like the fact that again, guys are you know like I said, Cedric Mullins is definitely a piece there. Um, Matt Castle, Mancini, DJ Stewart. I'm, like I said, I'm done with him. Um, like I said, you won't see a lot. You won't some of these guys you won't see. And I guess what I'm saying, Michael Lass has some has some work to do. And I'm not saying get a, like a Trevor Story or something. I'm talking about getting placeholders. Um, it was a good game. Uh, just the Texas Raiders, I think, just came home with a vengeance after getting shut out the night before um, Thursday night. So, congratulations to Cedric Mullins. For sure, well-deserved. Um, the Nationals lost tonight against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, where do I start? Uh, congratulations to David Bell. He got like a three-year deal extension as manager. Um Nothing really, again, with the Nationals um, that really stood out to me. Like, again, like, as, like I said, this is a team that's, that's in clear rebuilding mode. Um, I, I just feel like – okay, there we go. I almost lost y'all there for a second. You know – We had this. We had the opportunity to win this game, but um, Luis Garcia <laughs> was just the, the the game was in his glove and it just slipped out. Uh, 
again, like I said, you know, we had a four-run lead in the third in the, in the first three innings, and then after that, just went just went on just blew up. Um, Paulo Espinel had played five, lasted five innings, struck out. I mean, struck out two, gave up three runs, gave up five hits. Uh, Sonny Gray that didn't last that long either. He only lasted four, walked four, gave up five hits, four runs with three strikeouts. Um, uh, man, Luis Garcia gave us a two-run lead, a two hit a two-run single to, to in the ninth, and then we tied it up with a, a, a double by Lane Thomas, and then. That was it. So we play the them tomorrow. Um, like I said, we all we got six. We have, actually have six games apiece as well. Um, the Cardinals are looking hot. They won fourteen straight. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get Nicholas Rosario from Let's Talk Football. Uh, on here, they talk about the awards. Uh, Wander Franco now things on base at forty games. Uh, there's some teams in there that definitely I'm surprised uh, the way they looked, and they're going definitely to the playoffs. The Giants got to 100 wins. Uh, the Yankees I think are like a game back of the wild card. Just been it's just been a good season, interesting season of baseball for sure. Um, but for these two teams, Nationals and the Orioles, uh, good things are coming for both teams for sure. But um, you know, the Reds definitely. I think they're like, I think they're like a game back of the wild card. Let's look at the standings real quick. There we go. Okay. Uh, so, obviously, Tampa Bay is a division leader. Then you got the White Sox and the Houston Astros. So, the battle for the wild card spot is down to now five teams as the Oakland Athletics, I mean, the Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Cleveland in Cleveland baseball team, the Detroit Tigers, Angels, Royals, are all eliminated from the playoffs. That leaves the Blue Jays, who are seven games back from the wild card, as long as well as the Seattle Mariners. Oakland's five games back. Uh, the New York Yankees are one game back. And as of today, the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Definitely are the is the best team. They clinched a playoff berth uh, with 100 wins. Then there's the Milwaukee Brewers with 92. Then there's the Atlanta Braves, who, looking at their division, 80 wins. Then you have the Dodgers, who are 13 games 
ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals, who is, at this point is going to be the, the – that's just it. Those two, those two teams are going to be wild card. Everybody else is – I don't see I, – I, I don't see San Diego even making the playoffs. Cincinnati can, can get to about 85 wins. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, no. Um, it's not happening. So – but the worst record as of today – is the Baltimore Orioles. We are one game, uh, one more loss than the Arizona Diamondbacks. We both have 49 wins apiece. Very, very disgusting. Um, it's even more disgusting when the Pittsburgh Pirates are close to 60 wins and we haven't even touched 50 wins on the year. Uh, if we can just get one more win, I will feel okay. Uh, very, very disgusting. But that's your playoff race. But real quick, uh, before I touch and go into the WBA and then the awards, and that's going to end the podcast. Oh, and then still got some other some NBA news too, because I want to talk about that. Uh, I did catch some of this Thursday night football game. I really wasn't interested. I was between this and watching the WNBA playoff games. Uh, the Panthers beat the Houston Texans 29, 24 to 9. Uh, they're now 3-0 and in the year. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, let me just say this. Christian McCaffrey is always finding his way itself getting hurt. Um, it was the DJ Moore show who finished with 126 yards. Sam Darnold threw for over 300 yards. Um, he now has thrown 888 yards. That's the best he's thrown so far in his, in his career. Um Houston's offense was pretty lethargic. Uh, Carolina, for some reason, did it took them the second half to capitalize on that. Um, Houston didn't cross midfield to the first to the final drive of the first half, which was very very disgusting. Um, David Mills was like four or five and nineteen yards to start the game, and. That final drop, that front front of the first half, he was went five or six for sixty yards. Um, very very lethargic. Uh, you would think that they would have some momentum in there, but Sam Darnold led the Panthers to win by fifteen with a one yard touchdown. Um, Mills had a fantasy with 168 yards, a touchdown. Uh, Mark Ingram, 21 yards on six carries. Uh, JC Horn, thoughts and prayers out to him. He broke his foot, um, without contact. So I think he might be out for the season. Uh, but that, that, I mean, that, that, that ladies and gentlemen, that game was nothing. To sneeze at it was it was really hard lethargic to watch, um, and I kind I had turned it off by the fourth quarter, so it was really nothing, nothing spectacular. Um, okay, some NBA stuff. So I got to talk about the NBA real quick. So y'all know how I have I, I have been a proponent of Ben Simmons. Um, you know I, I have said it religiously. 
I have to give Elliot Tindley a shout out. He was on my he was on my podcast uh, back in season one. Um, I'm 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 gonna be careful because I I really don't understand what is it going to take for everybody to see that Ben Simmons is just not that that good of a player. When I mean not that good of a player, the the, the things that his attitude towards constructive criticism, we're not asking Ben Simmons to shine shoes. We're not asking him to do much. All we're simply saying is learn to shoot the ball. That's it. This ain't rocket science. And for people to just kind of come out and go, well, I, when, when, when you've clearly seen it, he's, I, 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 I hate to say, Ben Simmons is overrated. See, these are the type, these again, the Frankensteins that fans, the media, social media have created. I mean, all this started when, unfortunately, when Doc Rivers was asked, can Ben Simmons be the point guard of a championship team? And for, for Doc Rivers, good, good coach. For some odd reason, can't see the. It's like he's got glue on his eyes. His eyes are shut, are closed shut. You can't see the weaknesses of a Ben Simmons. You're practically playing four on five basketball. For him not to take that shot, that dunk, was absolutely pathetic. Now, Doc Rivers made some comments. He compared the Ben Simmons pen. He compared the Ben Simmons drama to quote talking to people who still believe Trump won the election. Um, Let me play the clip. Doc, this podcast just looks fantastic. They're so well done. John Meacham's was was wonderful, and I'm sure yours will be too, especially with you at the at the helm. Got to ask you before you go, though. You know, I'm a hoops guy. Ben Simmons says he wants out of Philly. Have you talked to him? Are you going to convince him to stay? Well, I'm going to try. I mean, there's times that I think uh, we're getting through, and then there's times that I think uh, that I'm talking to people who still believe Trump won the election. So uh, <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm going to keep trying. Let me say that. <laughs> All right, well, well, let's hope you get him back. I know you'd like to take another crack at him and give him another chance in the playoffs. Doc Rivers, thanks so much for being with us. Really Um. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot.
lot to. Okay, a couple of things. Let me let me let me say it like this. I think he's taking a shot at Rich Paul. Um, I definitely don't think it's the most motivational quote or encouraging, I should say. Uh, about Ben Simmons, I, it, 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 he's making it seem that it's either Simmons or somebody in Ben Simmons' camp that seemingly is just being a pain in the ass onto something that is a, probably a false narrative that's been created. Now, Ben Simmons has made it clear he doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. He wants out. But I, I let me just say this. I have nothing personal against – I'm just not a fan of Rich Paul and, and, that age, and that agency because they bully their guys and going where they want to. You know, um, Anthony Davis, they had better trades for uh, Boston. Uh, I want to say it was New York. And he was like, no, I want to go to Los Angeles and go play with LeBron James. Um, and I can't remember if it was in season two. But actually, it's actually, take it back. It was in season one, episode one of the podcast. I played a clip of Charles Barkley talking about this, these things. You know, we're just ask, we're not asking too much of these guys. Again, I, I understand these are player-driven leagues. I, I really do. But I don't think what we're asking is too much. I, I, I really don't. What is hard about telling somebody, shoot the basketball? What's hard about that? Because all the videos you see on Twitter, Instagram, I'm not falling for that. Because last now five years, where has that transitioned onto the NBA floor? Please tell me. This, 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 this is just a this is just a note. You know, all the executives out there, the advice is free. You ain't got to pay me. Particularly for Philadelphia, if you have a set, if you if, if you have a pair of balls, if you got a set of stones, you have the leverage. Not Rich Paul, not Ben Simmons. You don't want to participate. You don't want to show the training camp. We're going to find and suspend you. You just won't get paid. We're going to trade you to where we feel is accommodating for, for the Philadelphia 76ers, not Ben Simmons. That's the type of approach that these GMs need to take with these players. Because it just seems like we're getting guys that are coming in the league and just half-assing. It's not hard. It, it, it really isn't hard, people, for a player for to tell somebody, shoot the basketball. That's not hard. It's not. What, what more do you need to tell people? What more do you need to tell them? Now, same thing. 
Vice versa. Zion Williamson is having some issues with the Pelicans because apparently a lot of it goes with his injuries during his rookie year. And I have to give a couple of people a couple of shots because they talked about Zion with the injuries and different things like that. They're saying that the relationship between him and David Griffin has begun to sour. You know, Alvin Gentry, you know, you know, they fired him, even though I feel like he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been the head coach for the Pelicans in the first place. Um, you know, they didn't give Zion the, the opportunities that he should have gotten. But a lot of people are saying because of the injuries. You know, here's a quote. Then Alvin Gentry told several people around him, this is going to be great. However, months, within months, however, Griffin began to blame Gentry for the Pelicans' poor start. Once on a road trip, Griffin was approached by someone he hadn't spoken to in weeks. Unprompted. Griffin said, I had given Alvin all the answers to the test and he still fails. It's still unclear whether Gentry knew of this exchange, he declined to comment. That Griffin sometimes contradicted his own Sunday vision that caused a segment between team employees to actively dislike them. When the last dance documentary aired in April 2020, some staffers began to regard referring to Griffin as Griffin Krause in the group text. Obviously taking a shot at uh, Jerry Krause, who after the 1987 year, where the Bulls won their third trade championship, number six, um, where he dismantled the team. Um, I hate to do this, and I hate to say it, but this is starting to feel like Anthony Anthony Davis era, um, where they tried to build around Anthony Davis and failed. Um, I like Tyreek Evan. I like Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson. The biggest issue was injuries. They stay healthy. Um, now, I believe his agency is at CAA. Now, he's eligible, Zion Williams is eligible for an extension next season, offseason. And he's shown that he's a clear max player. That's what, $181 million over five years? Now, granted, the injuries. He could possibly get like what Joel Joel and B got, but the Pelicans can give him the most money compared to if he wants to leave, which I don't understand. You would take less money than what the team that you were signed that you were drafted by, but that's again y'all's choice. Um, Pretty much, this, this is just my scenario, okay? That's what I see it. I, I, I believe Zion's going to sign an extension, probably a short one, two, three years easily, right? He's going to have a player option, especially when the TV, the new TV deals come up, which I know makes the salary cap go out. He actually could be the first player to play on his rookie contract. Um. I think it's what, like six, and again, like his fifth season qualifying offer would be like 17.6 million. He could leave New Orleans. 
But do expect, trust and believe, do expect David Griffin's seat to get hot. Please believe, trust and believe that. Because I, I feel bad for Zion. I'm a fan of him. I am concerned about the injuries. He is worth the money. But you're going to push nine, another number one overall pick out of New Orleans. Makes no damn sense to me. But um, what else is going on in the NBA? Andrew Wiggins was denied request for religious exemption for the COVID-19 vaccination uh, because in the cities of San Francisco and New York, they are enforcing the vaccine, uh, low, the local vaccine requirements, excuse me, in New York and San Francisco. So that means the New York Knicks in New York, the Brooklyn Nets, um, the Jets, Giants, all the New York teams, all the San Francisco teams. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I was the only player that I think that on the Warriors. I could be wrong. They had to get vaccinated. Um, Andrew Wiggins was another one of you know, those staunch and fierce. I'm, I'm not getting it. Um, so what he did was he requested a religious exemption from the league and it got denied. So the NBA reviewed and denied Andrew Wiggins' request for a exemption, religious exemption from the San Francisco Department of Health Public Order requiring COVID-19 vaccination for all participants aged 12 and older at large indoor events. Wiggins will not be able to play in Warriors home games until he fulfills the city's vaccination requirements. Um, as of next week, training camp starts. 90% of the NBA is fully vaccinated. Um, but I know like this morning, Steve May was talking about trade them. I, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's kind of a push. Uh, I think there's what 40, how many games, let's see, how many games will be there this season for the NBA? Are we back at 82? Yeah. So that's 48. 41 home games that he can't play until he's vaccinated. So we will see what happens. Um, but that's what's really going on in the NBA so far. Um, training camp starts next week. I cannot wait. Uh, unfortunately, the WNBA is slowly but surely coming to an end, sadly. A um, couple things I will do. I will do a reflection of the WNBA. Um, as soon as the WNBA season's finals is over, um, not talking about the Mystics today, but talking about round one of the WNBA playoffs. It was a really great first round. Um, definitely excitement all around for me to see. was really proud to see these, these teams get in the playoffs. Um, I was critical of a couple of them. Got to start off the Chicago Sky. They defeated the Dallas Wings. A um, couple of things I took away from that game. The Phoenix, not Phoenix, sorry. The Dallas Wings, they are a young team. Um, I look at Enrique and Gubawale, Say to Sabley, Alicia Gray, 
Isabel Harrison, Kayla Thornton, Charlie Corner, Colliner. They got a bright future ahead. You know, the biggest thing is this court has to has to have continuity. My 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 issue is going going forward. The Dallas Wings have to answer has to ask themselves this question. Are you okay with this team with, with, with Vicky Johnson as your head coach? Um couple things I want to point out in that game. <sighs> The biggest thing for me was Chicago. Couple things. They did pass the first test, but we need more consistency. When I'm talking about consistency, I'm looking at the fact that in the first half, they jumped to a 20 point lead. Then only scored 11 points. Like, oh, okay. What happened? And then in the fourth quarter, clung on to a three-point lead. Now, I didn't know which Chicago sky would show up, and obviously this that, that fourth quarter definitely showed it. Kenneth Parker almost had a triple-double. She had 11 points, 15 rebounds, seven assists, and three steals. Um, I don't know why I said Cooper. I apologize. Kalea Copper. 23 points, 12 of those in the first quarter. She can't, she's come to play. Um, fun fact, she definitely, she led this guy in scoring the season with 14, 14 points a game. Um, you know, her defense, there's, you can't sneeze at that. She, Limited their wing, limited them to 36% shooting the wings. Um, the sky shot 45%, but only 19%, that's 412, from three point range. Um, there are only four teams to shoot that poorly, and unfortunately, the first to win. Um, I had to look this stat up on my notes here, her hoop stats. Um, the last team to had do that was the Los Angeles Sparks, and they lost to the Connecticut Sun of 59-73. Um, the Dallas Wings also did that in 2017 and lost to the Mystics. And the Indiana Fever shot 19%. The lowest was the Dallas Wings versus the Washington Mystics in 2017. They shot 9.5% from three. And the Indiana Fever shot 19% from the three against the Phoenix Mercury and lost. Wow. <laughs> um, so they've got to be more consistent at shooting the three. Um I think the biggest key that they're winning the game was their rebounding, which was 47-35. Uh, Dallas definitely struggled to make some easy shots. Uh, Marina, again, Dallas has a bright future. 
Say to Sabley, I know she's been dealing with an Achilles injury. She played really well. Ogubo Wiley's fifth in the league in points with like eight with 18. She led Dallas with 22. Sabley came off the bench, had 12. Um, she threw up on the sideline um, and then came back. I, 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 I'm not gross up by that, but that that's toughness. That is. Uh, she's been averaging, she averaged 25 up around 25 minutes, 25 minutes per game. Um, you can tell the injuries definitely hampered her for sure. Um, Isabel Harrison is coming back off COVID. Um, had nine points, 10 rebounds. Uh, the wings didn't again, Dallas didn't get much from their starters. Uh, two scored nine each, and the other two didn't score at all. Just disgusting. Um, again, you know, you know uh, I, I'm just not comfortable with the fact that the Dallas Wings, you know, they, they are favored to win the title, but when you go exactly 500, uh, that's just, that, that, that can't happen. And I'm, and I'm sorry. It, it really can't happen. Um, so they play the. I want to say it's the Connecticut. Hold on. We're now round two. I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing. But it's the Lynx. It's the Minnesota Lynx versus the Chicago Sky. Um, next game. This was now. This was this was the game of the night, in my opinion. This was game of the night. Phoenix Mercury beat the New York Liberty. Um, man, <laughs> what is this? Uh, you know, a couple things. Phoenix, you got away with one. You you, you did. Let, let let's just call it what it is. Um, I definitely definitely think the Phoenix Mercury. Let's just call it what it is, okay? The, the, the hole from six going down, the fact that the New York Liberty not taking anything away from them, 12 and 20, we're in the playoffs. That's like a 7 and 9 team or a 6 and 10 team going into the wild card. Um, the New York Liberty denied. Brittany grinded the ball in the post and knocked down 46% of their threes. Sabrina and that school had a double-double, 14 points, 11 assists. Um, a, a couple things. I took away from that was There was a stretch in that fourth quarter where you had two teams that looked like they didn't want it. Um, the Liberty held their own. But, Seth, but Sophie Cunningham in the third quarter, the first three she hit was waved off because of a foul. And then Sophie came back the next possession, shot a three and one. 
Then she had another another three and got a technical for yelling. She was six or seven from three with 21 points. She scored 12 points in the third quarter. The Liberty went in the halftime 41-37. Now, Mom, look at some other notes here. Scarlett Diggins did her job. She had 22 points. But the, the biggest thing that cannot happen is Brittany Griner should have gotten the ball. At least, like the way what I was seeing, they were not giving her the ball. They kept, they weren't aggressive enough. When I mean aggressive, pick and roll, um, give, just give and go plays. So it just seems like Who is your true X factor going into Seattle? I mean, on the perimeter, Phoenix is fine, but if if we can't, I, I mean, you numerous opportunities. I mean, Phoenix—they're small. I mean, New York—they're small babies. Brittany Griner should have gotten double. I don't care if I'm getting doubled. At one point, they triple teamed her. I, I just wasn't understanding the ball movement. It was very, it was very stale. I, I mean, we're not, we're not moving without the ball. It just kind of seems like we're just giving one at one point Skyler the ball. Then we're giving Kia Nurse the ball. I mean, we're taking bad shots. It, it's that that can't happen against Seattle. That that just can't. I mean, what, what, I will say, Brianna Turner has she missed those, those that first feet that first feet throw? Nerves, because uh, again, it was 0.4 seconds left. Benajlin Benajlin hit 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 a hit a hit a, hit a clutch shot hit a, hit a clutch three. Sydney Wickham, she fouls Brianna Turner. Now, when I look at Phoenix really got lucky. There are a lot of questions with Phoenix. That they just they just is. Um, I, I like the fact that with ten seconds left, she didn't shoot. The, they, they didn't call a timeout. New York. Um, now there's a couple things that that really kind of stood out. That was really kind of if you're New York, I, I question. So. There's a couple possessions where Sabrina took some some bad some bad shots, especially at the top of the arc. Talking about from three. The last play of the game, where they're inbounding it, 
She comes off the ball screen smoothly. But I understand you switch on everything. I, this is just me. I, I, I'm I understand again. I made I I know basketball. Don't get me wrong, but I am not comfortable having a center guard a shooter at the top of the key because whoever was going to get the ball, Brittany Griner was going to be there for sure. Um. Personally, if you ask me, uh, uh, Miss Benaj Lady should have the ball in her hands. No disrespect to Sabrina. Definitely should have had the ball in her hands. Um, that they're just they're, they're running to the free throws. So Sammy Wickham, she just was a split second late trying to rotate. Um, so I think one of the reasons definitely Phoenix won this game was Brittany Griner. Um, she played well. She had, six, again, 16 points, 10 rebounds. However, she didn't dominate because she was not getting the ball. She was not getting – I mean, they they, they 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 weren't making it easy for her. I mean, they were not you – know, pick and roll, give and goes. New York defensively was making her work for those points. Um, and I think also, too, I think the reason why the game was so close, I'm not making excuses, the Liberty were more comfortable playing be, that way because the White Mamba, Donna Tarasi didn't play. Without her shooting and playmaking, oh, you can see the difference. The Mike, the Phoenix Mercury are not dy- they're less dynamic. That's a fact. But Sophie Cunningham definitely put it, she killed that noise for sure. Um, I mean, they made up, I mean, defensively, you got to give them your respect. I mean, now they didn't have the size, but they made up for it with effort and extra rise. I'm telling you, at one point, I, I'm being dead ass, they had triple teamed her. And but I mean to the point where she had no choice but to pass the ball. <laughs> uh, just man, it, it was a really great game. Um, really, I mean, again, it was really great playoff basketball. But you know, uh, like I said, the, the future is still bright for for New York. Um, and and Dallas, like I said, they're two. They're, they're they are two very young teams. They got a great core. Um, you know, we got New York, you got a unanimous rookie of the year, and you got another rookie that made all rookie team. You know, you got you've got a bright future. You, you really do. Um we're just you know, there's just things that we're just gonna have to just can just work on and get better at. You know, but these cores with Dallas and New York, they're coming. Um you know. <laughs> The Liberty that it was the last, but the last playoff appearance it was was in 2017. The last time the Dallas Wings made the playoffs was 2018. Um, the that with Dallas, it, to me, the, they just ran out of gas. Um, and and their and their age and their age show, in my personal opinion. Um, I mean, one thing we got to keep the heads up. I mean, a loss sucks. Don't get me wrong. I mean, my high school baseball team, we got my senior year, we got to the to the playoffs and we lost to a school I never even heard of. We got shellacked. It was like 12 nothing. So, um, 
the Wings, I believe, have another lottery pick this year because of a trade with the Sparks. And again, you know, you got in New York, Sabrina Anesco, Benaja Laney, Natasha Howard, Sammy Wickham, Rebecca Allen, all healthy. These teams are going to be something to reckon with. Now, I'm just not, I'm just not, I'm just looking at Dallas. Dallas Manton has some questions that need, there's some, there's some questions that have to be asked because like, you know, when I look at Charlie, no disrespect, she's a great player. I don't think, I just don't see why, what was the issue? It seemed like Vicky was comfortable with her, was experimenting. That that can't happen. Um, I mean, we're not going in the second round of the playoffs. Sunday, Sunday. So be on the lookout for episode 10 of the podcast. We're going to talk about that. Um, Tarasi's only been limited to 16 games this year. That was another stat. Uh, Rona Stewart has had a foot injury since the 7th of this month. So whoever wins these games, they're going to play Connecticut and Las Vegas. So I think the biggest thing for me, I'm, I'm gonna talk about the I'm gonna talk about the Chicago Minnesota matchup. You have Tennessee versus Louisiana State University. Candace Parker versus Sylvia Follows. Um, that what the are two of the greatest women in basketball history, the number one and number two overall pick in 2018. Um, that's one thing I'm looking for, that matchup. Uh, um, the next thing I'm looking at, the biggest thing is turnovers. I had looked at, I'm looking, I looked at a stat, and I, the stats from the WBA.com, and, and it was really nice, and I was like, wow. The Sky and the Lynx, they average the same amount of turnovers. They both average the same points off turnovers. So, what, Nathan, what are you saying? Whoever takes care of the ball more, they'll win the game. Um, now, with Diana Taurasi and Brianna Stewart, respectively, injuries, how is this matchup against Phoenix and Seattle going to look like? Now, the biggest thing I'm looking at the guards, they got to hit shots. Skyler, Kia Nurse, they got to hit shots. Um, now, Julie Lloyd versus Skyler Diggins is going to be interesting because they were Team USA as well. Uh, Brittany Griner versus Mercedes Russell. That should be an interesting matchup. Again, defensively, because New York just gave Brittany, gave, gave Brittany trouble, um, it should be no problem. But, uh, man, it's going to be a great, great matchup between these two. I'm going to have to give the edge to 
oh my gosh. I I just don't know what you just got it with Chicago. I gotta give it to Chicago against Minnesota. And I have to give Phoenix over the edge of Seattle. I, I do. I, I just feel like everything is in their their favor. Um now the Lynx, I don't really see them they're as an under underdogs. They're the third seed. Um you know, but they, they are a really good team. When Ariel Powers came back on the what twenty first, um, she scored in double figures. Now, with 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 Diamond the Shields for Chicago, I don't know which Diamond we're going to get. The Diamond that scored thirty points in the last game of the season finale, or who was one of eight from. Thursday only at four points. Um, again, defensive. I mean, offensively for Phoenix on the perim- defensive on the perimeter, Phoenix looks great. Offensively, it starts with the guards. They got to give me some shots. They got to make shots and have to give Brittany Griner the ball. When I mean give her the ball, I'm talking about pick and roll, give and go. I mean, make and just hitting shots. If they if, if Phoenix can do that. Phoenix will win the game. Um, real quick, there was something else I wanted to point out. Coach Walt Hopkins for the New York Liberty um, said the referees don't give said some the referees don't give them respect because they're a young team. Um, there is something that Coach T said in the exit interviews um, about. There were, certain, there were some girls in the locker room that were saying that, you know, they're not getting calls. You know, it's it's one thing. See, the one thing about the playoffs, it, it's different because it, it it's different if it was the same referee every game. But it's different when you have 20, 25 other referees calling fouls. Every referee is different. A referee may not see – Oh, that as a foul. But also, do you want to earn? I hate to say, but you have to earn some, some respect with the referees. Um, but I, I mean, but if you're fouling all the time, that means you're just not playing defense the right way. That's just that's just how I feel. Um, We're going to transition. Last topic of the night, and then we're going to end the podcast. And I hope you guys enjoy y'all's weekend. We'll see y'all on Sunday. But um, the WNBA awards have been released. Um, Really quick, I want to just congratulate each and every one of these winners, um, the ladies on, on their awards, respectively. Uh, the hard work and dedication you've put into this season and into your craft as not just as, as athletes, but athletes, but as women, what you're doing for the league outside the league is, is very inspiring for um, girls across the world and different things like that. Um, so 
congratulations to John Quill Jones, MVP. It was a no-brainer. Um, you know, um, even though she played a hundred few minute, hundred minutes less than Brittany Griner, uh, just the certain things we never the, the production that she was putting up. Um, she didn't play last year again, as I stated. But I mean, what she's doing on offense and defense, you can't sneeze at that. Um, Brianna Stewart was a consideration, was a candidate. Asia Wilson, Sylvia Fallows, Tina Charles, and Brittany Griner. Defensive player of the year went to Sylvia Fallows. Um, Sylvia Fallows and Brittany Sykes finished with two steals per game and was just two blocks away. Sylvia was two blocks from of Brittany Grinders like 58. Um, now, Follows is, is tied with John Paul Jones for the most defensive wins, according to basketball, per reference. Um, the stat here is they, their defense on, her, has helped Minnesota improve their defense, has surrendered more, no more than 101 points per 100, 101 points per possession last season. Um, this can't sneeze at that. Sylvia Files is one of the best power forwards. Really, honestly, centers, if you think about it. She could play like a center. Um, but actually, I think she is a center. Nathan, what the hell are you talking about? I always look, I look at her more like a power forward. That's just me. Um, but she definitely improved. Like I know that Sylvia Follows, and that Sylvia Follows, Cheryl Reeves, excuse me, definitely talked about like the goals, how she would look, and Again, her communication level. I know it's a few games watching her communication level is definitely, definitely pretty good. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> so the first defensive team was first team John Quill Jones, Gunnar Turner, Sylvia Follows, Brittany Sykes, Jasmine Thomas. No, no. Don't disagree with that at all. Fair. Second team, Dewana Bonner, Brianna Stewart, Brittany Griner, Brianne January, Courtney Vandersloot. I don't disagree with that at all. Good list. I mean, everybody – I mean, we can make a case and say maybe Dewana Bonner, but should be first team. But it I – don't, I don't disagree with this, that list at all. Uh, Kelsey Plum got sixth woman of the year and comeback player of the year. I feel like those two awards should be separate. I think Tina Charles should have gotten comeback player of the year. Um, I know with Kelsey, I know, you know, she came off um, injury and the votes actually, Derricka Hamby, they were close. And she also edged out. Allie Quigley and Isabel Harrison. Uh, last season, she tore her Achilles before the season even started. She averaged 14 points per game coming off the bench. Eight times a season, she scored 20 or more points. And she's been effective. She's just been a lightning bolt. Um, this month, she, she's been playing her, she was playing her best basketball. She averaged 21 points, three assists, and one, uh, one and a half steals per game. 
And I have to give, I mean, most improved player was no doubt uh, my girl, Brianna Jones from the Connecticut Sun. I, man, I mean, from where she was last year to this year, I, I that's like looking at a different ball player in a good way, not in a bad way, in a good way. Um, Man, I mean, she definitely logged more minutes. She's actually played 30 minutes per game, 14, I'm around 15 points per game, seven rebounds, a career high, 10 times. And her field goal percentage did drop just a little bit, but she was third in field goal percentage with 56%. Um, she ranked the third amongst best across the league in win shares and eighth in PER. That's players who have notched these over 100 minutes has played at least 100 minutes so she made her first all-star team and like i said she's got many more awards to go i i see i see defensive player of the year i i see mvp for sure um rookie of the year i talked about this and recently this was really hard um was really hard to really find a a when I mean when I mean rookie of the year, not taking anything away from this from the winner. But when you look at this draft class, from a if you if you just <clears throat> said to yourself, you have all like the I'm talking like the first and the, the this draft class, and you just looked at them, you would say arguably, okay. Talent-wise, yeah, you got some, some some talent from these respect respective schools. I, I mean, like they all can play, but I mean, nobody stood out. When I mean stood out, I mean the fact that Michelle Oyewear Onyenwear was unanimous Rookie of the Year, well deserved. But I mean, my lord, nobody really stood out. That's how. I mean, Jasmine Walker was out for the season due to injury. But I mean, Shiley Hill was was cut after four games with the sky. Uh, Stephanie Watts was cut. Aaliyah Wilson, injuries. Renee Davis, I think with his injuries. Kaiser Gondrzik, personally, is on a personal leave. I mean, the first two picks by Dallas, Charlie and Awak. Ari McDonald probably was a close second. And then D.D. Richards, Dana Evans, I have to give her some respect, too. Now, Michelle, Airy, Charlie, D.D., Dana Evans were first rookie, all-rookie team. But as far as a second rookie team, no. No. I mean, that that's 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 how disappointed this draft class was. I mean, besides Dijon Carrington, um, Ariella, uh, Grantes, uh, Destiny Slocum. I, I mean, just just overall across the board, 
this was this was it was a really this was a, it was really hard to really find to say who was a rookie of the year. I'm not taking anything away from Michelle because she played she's played her ass off, but it was really just her and then Dee Dee Richards and then everybody else. It was like, eh, it was really hard. I, I'm not trying to be funny. It was really really hard to make a case for rookie of the year. And again, also to uh, all rookie and all rookie team. Kurt Miller, just no, just congratulations. There's no doubt. Cheryl Reese was right behind him in my from my MVP list. Um, but again, what he's been able to do, do with Alyssa Thomas as his franchise piece and to get this team to where it should be, they 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 are a defensive juggernaut. Um, the All NBA teams, this was pretty good too. Um, I agree with this list. So the first list, obviously, John Quill Jones, uh, Brianna Stewart, Sylvia Follows, Skylar Diggins-Smith, Courtney Vandersloot. Second team, Asia Wilson, Nafisa Collier, Tina Charles, Jewel Lloyd, and Enrique Gubawale. Um and we had a third team. I'd put Benajelin on that third team. Uh, Courtney Williams for the Atlanta Dream. That's hard. I gotta think about that some more. But those are that that's the awards for all first and all second WNBA. There should be a third one just like the NBA. But um well deserved. It was it was truly well deserved uh for these girls. Um but man, rookie for the rookie the rookie awards, that that was Oh my gosh! I, I, I'm not taking shots at any of these girls. I'm not. Don't get me. Don't misconstrue my words. But it was really, really hard to do that. It was really hard to really. When I look, when I look back at that class and look at individually their stats, like wow. So, um, with that being said, that's going to end episode nine of the podcast. Um, y'all let me know y'all thoughts, what y'all thought on the, on the video. Um, episode 10 will go out Sunday, Sunday evening at best. Um, again, I just want to just continue this comment. Um, the comments, you know, any ignorant, goofy comments, they will be blocked. Uh, the channel, the comment will be deleted and the channel will be blocked. You'll also be reported. Um, because again, this podcast is all about positivity. Uh, I just no time. For, I have no time for trolls. You're not going to get my kind. Of, you're not going to get that kind of attention from me. Um, again, I appreciate the support that I have been getting on the channel. Uh, we're on the road to 100 subscribers. Um, you know, I would never think season three of a podcast would get this far. I just have to thank each and every one of you. I have to thank God, obviously. Put God first. Um, 
and giving me this platform to do what I like to do. I like to talk sports, I like to have conversation, spread positivity amongst folks and not deal with internet trolls. Um, but y'all let me know y'all thoughts on the episode. Give me some more, give me some more suggestions, leave them in the comments below. Uh, if you want to see more like this, hit that thumbs up, hit the, consider hitting the subscribe button, the notification bell is on. But uh, with that being said, y'all enjoy y'all weekend, stay safe, um, enjoy the stay, stay warm because it started to get cool. But just enjoy y'all weekend. I'll see y'all Sunday. Peace. Stay up. First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find. But I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these you, young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. <laughs>